Prepare yourself to be blown away by the seismic sounds and scrutiny of... After Shots Podcast with Chris Aiken and Matt Hartnett. All right, here we go. Well, welcome to another episode of Aftershocks on AftershocksPodcast.com. And joining me and Chris on the podcast today is the longtime guitarist and founder of San Francisco Bay Area power metal legends Vicious Rumors, who are set to release their 13th studio release titled Celebration Decay. It's out August 21st on Steenhammer. Mr. Jeff Thorpe. Jeff, thanks for coming, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Awesome, man. Hey, well, first off, I'm just, I got to ask you, of course, you know, I'm sure you're dying to get out there on the road to promote the new record. Uh, but of course, you know, especially for veteran musicians like yourself, you got to tame that road warrior mentality right now a little bit. Um, I'm sure it's got to be real difficult. How are things going with you during this whole pandemic so far? I'm, I'm doing okay, man. You know, there's a lot of other people, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, it's a frustrating situation. A lot of people are hurting right now and mm -hmm. of, of course the entire music industry and entertainment industry for that matter but uh you know um it is a strange situation we were on tour in europe when the hammer came down and uh so we we did two shows and then everything got canceled and um kind of you know found our way back so it's it's just uh you know, it's something we all have to go through together. So we're trying not to, you know, be too stressed out about it. I mean, it's 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 a super frustrating position because we're so proud of this album. We put so much work into it, and uh, we're ready to, you know, to come out and just you know rip everybody's heads off with it. And uh, <laughs> we will do that when the time sure. is right. But uh, man, for now, we're just hanging tight like everybody else, trying to do the right thing. And uh, and put this thing behind us, man, so we can get back to business in hand, which is heavy metal always. Sure, man. No, absolutely. And, you know, Celebration Decay, yeah, talk about the new album. I mean, excellent record, man. It's got a lot of that classic Vicious Rumors sound. Uh, I believe you mentioned in the press release a lot of that had to do with the fact that you guys were playing a lot of those classic uh, songs from Digital Dictator when you did the 30th anniversary tour for that record last year. Um, and you know, on this record, you got Craig, Greg Christian uh, came out on bass for the record. Uh, of course, he's from the classic Testament lineup. And also, it marks the first recording uh, with your newest guitarist, Gunner, as well as vocalist, Nick Courtney, who are both part of that 30-year anniversary tour for Digital Dictator. Uh, now that you got Nick, especially the band, I mean, he marks, I believe it's the band's uh, 10th vocalist. And I think it's about the 8th since uh, the tragic passing of Carl back in 95. So how's the revolving door vocalist over the years? Is that is that attributed to you guys maybe not feeling like you found that ideal replacement for Carl all these years, or is it more that you just prefer to switch things up uh, on the on all the different records? Uh, it, it's certainly not that I prefer to switch things up. It's just that um, man, you know, uh, when you start with one of the greatest singers of all time with with Carl. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's hard. It's a hard benchmark to meet my friend. And, sure. but, but that being said, I think that I've had a really good eye for talent and worked with a lot of great musicians and singers over the years. 
the thing is, is, um, you know, we're just focused in vicious rumors, you know, like our train is barreling down the tracks. We know what we want to do. We, we have a plan and, you know, we're just very focused on it. It's not that like really that we're that hard to work with or anything as far as like, you know, Larry and myself, it's mm -hmm. just that we know what we're doing and where we're going. And, um, you know, and we love it when we have a great team together and people are on board with us. But, you know, in life, people change directions, people get other ideas. And, you know, that and we're uh, there's been so many people in and out that we're kind of used to it now, you know. And mm -hmm. so it's like we just look at it like, hey, if it happens, you know, then we want to embrace the next situation and just move forward. And, and it really uh, for years now, it hasn't really stopped us or slowed us down or anything. I mean, it, it is a break in momentum once you get a lineup and then, you, you you know, you get someone new. There's a little bit of, you know, recreating the momentum. And that's the part that's really frustrating. But, um, you know, Nick and Gunner have done a fantastic job in the band. And, um, yeah, definitely going on tour and playing 108 shows or 110 shows, whatever it was, uh, doing that Digital Dictator classic album and classic set definitely put us in touch with, you know, the classic sound of Vicious Rumors again, you know, mm -hmm. playing that set so many times. And and really with us, you know, I mean, we're really not, uh, we, were, we were not in like in in really like an experimentation mode, man. We just, we wanted to make a badass Vicious Rumors album, a classic heavy metal album that uh, was heavy and driving, exciting and took you on a ride. And we wanted, you know, lyrics that were heavy and powerful enough to match it. And, um, you know, it's been great, man. The, the fans have really took to Nick and uh, he's just a great performer and singer and, and super cool guy. So it's, he's just a really likable person and good persona on stage. So it's been great, you know, and same with Gunner, you know, he's really young, but he's just like a virtuoso mm -hmm. uh, guitar player. I hired him at 18 years old. He's the youngest oh, wow. I've ever hired. Damn. <laughs> uh, three, years, three years ago, I hired him at 18 years old. He went from, his friends were in high school and then that summer they went fishing and played football when well, he went to Germany and played the bang your head festival. <laughs> wow. Where'd you find him? Uh, he's up in the Northwest up in the okay. Portland area. And, um, his dad was a, a good friend of, uh, our former singer and I, hmm. um, okay. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead, man. No, Sorry. you go ahead. You're the one that they care about, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's just been great having Gunner on board. And, uh, uh, you know, him and Nick uh, really worked hard on that tour. And there's no doubt that I think that this album, compared to the last couple of albums, the last, the last three studio albums, I did all the rhythm guitars, all the pretty much the harmonies and the, you know, guitar orchestration. That's a big thing in Vicious Rumors. We always have like a, like two guitar parts that when you listen to them together, that makes the one guitar section, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, it's been great having Gunner uh, be part of the band. And on this album, I recorded my parts. He recorded his parts. 
we have that natural stereo. I mean, it's cool to have one guy do everything. It's bone tight that way. Mm -hmm. But it's also very cool in a band when you have both guitar players playing each of their parts because that's really the true sound of the band. And um, so it was was a lot of fun and it was a lot of hard work. And um, so I'm really proud of the record. The guys did a terrific job. Sure. Now, uh, Jeff, you you mentioned um, in the press, or at least let me put it another way, the press mentioned in the press that you were surprised by the interest that there was for Digital Dictator. I'm going to ask the obvious question, why? I mean, between that and the self-titled, I think most people point to those as the the pinnacle moment of the band. It seems surprising to me that you were surprised that there was a lot of interest in that. Well, um, you know, I mean, if you would have told me, you know, 30 years ago that you know, when Vicious Rumors, when Digital Dictator came out, you know, that if you would have told me 30 years ago that Vicious Rumors is going to do 100 shows on this album 30 years later, I mean, I probably would have thought, wow, you know, I got to start thinking more positive, you know, um, <laughs> that's great. That's a great way to think. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, I was just, you know, like I said, we just, you know, we plan to do this, you know, kind of a little special thing, like, you know, 20, 25 shows. And, and it was going to be kind of a special reunion and, uh, and, you know, celebration of this record that I'm, you know, I'm really proud to be on a, a record and, and part of what created that album, you know, that's been so well received all these years. It's real, real special for us. And, uh, but to have it turn into, you know, from a month and 20 shows to a year and a half and 108 shows uh was yeah it was it was great i mean it was a nice surprise and uh and i appreciate that comment thank you sure and and, you know going forward to the newest release to a celebration decay it's very clear that you you know you were in that mode when you wrote it because there's a lot of elements from digital or or maybe even stuff like the self-titled or welcome to the ball but at the same time you kept that ferocity that you've had basically since Razorback, you know, it's a really more than, more than a lot of your stuff in the catalog that kind of pinpoints a place in time for you. This is Mm -hmm. almost the most retrospective sounding release that you've ever done. Well, yeah, we kind of went back to that, you know, classic guitar sound, that more kind of earthy. um, And I, you know, uh, I've been working with Juan Ortiaga now for uh, since the Warball album. Uh, so we've been, uh, you know, producing together these albums at, at Trident Studios. It's been great working with him. And, um, yeah, you know, we just, uh, we wanted to stay true to ourselves because I think in heavy metal, that's the worst thing you can do is just try to be something you're not. Uh, I think fans can see right through that instantly. And so, um, you know, man, we just wanted to be true to ourselves. We wanted to make a great Vicious Rumors record. One of the things that's, that's uh, you know, convenient, I, I guess I'll say, about having a band that's been around this long is that, you know, we, we have a style, we sort of have a sound, and we've got elements that make, that when you hear, I think, if you know Vicious Rumors, you instantly go, oh, yeah, that's VR, you know? And so we're... We wanted to like tap into that, but still, you know, keep this, you know, got to keep it heavy, got to keep it powerful. And, um, you know, I've, I've been 
writing these songs for years. I wrote so many parts and riffs during the, the time that it took to get to this album. And also the great thing about these new guys is they're super creative also. And, you know, Gunner's got so many ideas for parts and songs and Nick also uh, very creative. So uh, it's, it was fun for me to have guys that I could collaborate with and count on. They're both like also very serious musician types. And so I don't got to go chase them down or anything or, you know, <laughs> anything like that. And uh, like a few past members possibly, but uh, <laughs> that's all, that's all colorful and exciting too. But um, it's been good, man. You know, and, and I appreciate you guys noticing all the details about it. Sure, man. You know, and uh, one thing too, Jeff, you know, about Vicious Rumors, you know, I've noticed over the years is, you know, you guys are one of those metal bands that does most of its performances, you know, in business outside of its home country, outside of the States here. Um, you guys are huge overseas. Um, and usually unless you're playing, you know, pretty much locally out here on the West Coast. I mean, I know you guys did do a tour uh, last year for the 30th anniversary for Digital Dictator. But I mean, most of your um, sh most of the shows you guys play are usually over uh, overseas, especially in Europe. Uh, it makes sense, obviously, to direct your time and energy and all your assets over there, you know, as well, because that's where your largest fan base is. And it's something I kind of noticed over the years, a lot of bands that come out of the Bay Area, um, you know, up here. I mean, although it's, you know, the proximity to the markets like in L.A., Seattle and Portland are, you know, are huge, they're a huge plus. It's pretty difficult for bands to break out of here domestically, you know, but globally, it's it's a different story. I mean, just recently, over the last 10 years or so, there's been some bands out of here like Orchid and uh, even Spiral Arms, you know, who had Euro basis there, Chris Lombardo, you know, there's a great band that did well overseas, had trouble back here. What's your hypothesis on the reason that you think, uh, you know, overseas in Europe, it's just so much more prevalent than it is here in the Bay or just in, in, in general in the United States, especially for like power metal, the stuff you guys play. It seems like to me, if you're from, uh, you know, San Francisco, if you're a thrash band, you're going to get a lot of notoriety. You might get a lot more uh, press because of the historic uh, you know, background of Bay Area and thrash, but with a lot of other genres within metal and hard rock, it seems to be like you almost have to go overseas to kind of, you know, make it. Well, you know, um, I, you know, I think that if I was going to pick, pick like one thing that, that causes that, I would just say that um, in Europe, when other trends of music get popular, People tend to um, will embrace those something new, but they don't forget about what they have always liked. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think sometimes trends in America will come and then people embrace like this new trend and then they kind of forget about what they used to dig or something like that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I, sure. I, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to put my finger on it, but I think that's really it. Like, because also when you look at like festival lineups over there, they're very diverse. Uh, mm. There's a lot. You, you see lineups over there that you don't see over here because of, of the wide variety of styles that people, you know, support over there. So I think that for me, I think if I was going to pick one thing, I just think it's that Europeans tend to, uh, still love what they always loved, even if they break into something new, they don't mm -hmm. forget about what they dug before that came along. So I think that's it. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm only a guitar player, so I really don't know exactly, but <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm going to go with that. And as far sure. as like, uh, 
you know, yeah, being from the Bay Area, uh, you know, it's funny, man. I, when I think about back in the 80s when we were all getting started and, you know, Metallica and Vicious Rumors and Testament and, you know, Death Angel and all these bands were, were playing, you know, we, we all just thought that we were local bands in a local scene and and the same you know, just like in maybe every major city in America or around the world. And, you know, I don't think any of us at that time had any idea that the whole world was going to look to the Bay Area at that time for this incredible, you know, movement of thrash and power metal that came out. Uh, you know, Vicious Rumors being, you know, sl pretty much outside of that clique of... Mm -hmm. uh, testament exodus death angel that kind of thing those real threat real thrashered bands you know sure. uh, we always had like elements of thrash in our stuff but you know kind of kind of took a more like arena approach to our you know heavy metal coming from a background of like being led zeppelin fans and stuff like that you know with larry mm -hmm. and i sure. but um yeah man it's uh you know, it's it's definitely helped the band to be from the from the Bay Area at that time. People, it's usually comes up in conversation, and uh, you know, I'm proud to be part of of something that that uh, was so special. Sure, vicious rumors and the 80s scene in the Bay Area. Yeah, sure, yeah. Well, well speaking of the 80s scene, uh, 80s scene, Jeff. You know, both you actually and Chris here actually have something in common, and that you're both uh, featured on the soon-to-be-released uh, documentary Inside Metal, the Bay Area Godfathers, which, uh, of course, it was done by you know a good friend of ours, Bob Nalbandian, who I, I co-host, too, with, on his uh, podcast. And I've been lucky enough to actually sure. – I've see, I seen a, a preview of the film, and it's great. And you know what I love about it most mo more than anything is that it focuses on a lot of the Bay Area scene before Metallica moved up here in 83-ish, I believe it was. And um, – and one of the other things that stood out to me was I got to really I got to familiarize myself with a lot of those bands that were from the Bay Area that were a big part of the scene prior to that thrash explosion. Bands like Stone Vengeance, Anvil Chorus, Broca's Helm, Overdrive. I mean, just so many bands that were, you know, from here that was so good. I mean, and you know, I know you guys started in the tail end of the 70s there where you started uh, going with Vicious Rumors. In your opinion, what so what was the scene like, you know, prior to Metallica? arriving i mean does it does it sort of because i know some um some you know musicians from back then sort of express their i don't want to say dismay but maybe the, it irks them just a little bit the fact that you know this, the bay area is known as you know metallica like they were the one that put the bay area on the metal map but at the same time there was such a a scene going on before they even arrived yet no one really talks about that i mean what was your experiences like yeah. or what, what, just talk a little bit about i guess the uh the days prior to Metallica arriving? Well, you know, I think Metallica put the world on the map. You know, I mean, yeah, they, true. Yeah, I can point. They, blew it, they blew it open so wide. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. But, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, my, I, it was a real exciting time for me because I grew up in Hawaii and, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I loved Hawaii so much. And really, you know, when I was a kid, I just, my goal in life was to, you know, get a job at a gas station and go surfing every day. And my life would have been <laughs> complete. Nice. 100%, you know, <laughs> then I started playing guitar, man. And all of a sudden the Island got so small and I mm. just got bit by the bug really hard. I, I went to LA to visit my sister 
And I just asked her to take me to a couple clubs, like just, hey, I, I'm in, really into music. I want to start a band. You know, can you can we just pick a couple of nights you're available and we'll just go see some local bands? It doesn't even matter who. And she was like, sure, you know, all right, we're going to pick this night and this night, this night. We picked three nights. So the first night, saw a little band in L.A. I've never seen an all-girl band before. It was a pretty cool little band called The Runaways with Joan wow. Jett. Sure, and, wow. mm -hmm. and they just totally blew my mind. And then the next mm -hmm. night we went and there was uh, another local band in L.A. playing called uh, Quiet Riot with a guitarist <laughs> named Randy <Rose. laughs> Wow. And so I was that guy just completely blew my mind. And then the last night before I went back to Hawaii, there was another little local band in LA. You might have heard of them called Van Halen. <laughs> so, and you know, I basically went back to Hawaii thinking like, okay, every every time you go out in Los Angeles, you're going to see someone on the level of Randy Rhodes or Eddie Van Halen, you know, or or mm -hmm. Lena Ford, you know, just so um, it ignited my passion to even, you know, get 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 away from Hawaii even faster. You know, it just blew mm -hmm. my mind that I just happened to see these guys. And uh, when I got to the Bay Area, man, I mean, it was like uh, I, I didn't have a band together. I made a thousand business cards with the Vicious Rumors logo on it. And I just went to clubs and I just started passing them out to people, meeting people. and um, you know, three or four months later, it was like, Hey, there's that guy from vicious rumors. I didn't even have a band together yet, but I was, that's how I got things started. And, mm. and the, and the great thing was there was like seven in San Francisco alone. There was like probably seven music venues with live music five nights a week and an audience to support it all. Mm. So it was an, just this incredible busing scene, man, just this, it was just blowing up. There were bands everywhere, uh, lots of great musicians. Uh, I remember we did a gig with Joe Satriani when he was in the Squares, this oh, little wow. local band wow. at the time. Uh, I mean, it just, you know, Kurt Hammett was in Exodus at the time. And, uh, mm. you know, it was, it was just like, um, it was it was a thriving scene with with almost more music than you can imagine and with an audience to support it. So uh yeah it was magic it was a magical time there was live music everywhere and um it from there it just you know kept getting stronger and stronger the old waldorf which was bill graham's nightclub right. was the probably like premier place for metal bands to play and stuff and um they established this thing called metal mondays and you know we were doing gigs with motley Crue and uh Metallica was coming up all these bands uh, from, from basically the whole West coast. And, and there was enough probably bands in the Bay area to keep that thing full for months. But um, yeah, it was a great time, man. And um, uh, I can see why the San Francisco Bay area is a place that's had these kind of explosions throughout history. You know, sure. in the sixties, mm -hmm. they had this like beatnik jazz kind of thing that blew up. Uh, later, in, you know, the sort of the psychedelic rock thing happened with mm -hmm. the airplane and all that type of things. And then in the 80s, this, you know, sonic explosion of thrash and power metal. So it was just a, a it's a special area for music. And mm -hmm. 
yeah, it was incredible to be there at that time. Sure. And you know, it's another interesting thing about that, Jeff, is that even once you're not only vicious rumors, but a lot of those bands started to hit and started to get the MTV play and everything, you guys always still stayed very cool. Like I remember running into you at the, either the stone or the Omni. I don't remember which one it was. And you couldn't have been nicer to me. And this is when don't, don't pray for me was, you know, on MTV. And, and I remember that, you know, even to this day, I remember that I remember running into the death angel guys, you know, all the way up to when act three was hitting and then they turned into the organization and they were always cool. It just always seemed like, unlike a lot of other scenes, once the bands made it, it's almost like you guys still appreciated who helped you make it. I would say definitely, you know, like when you, when you're talking about bands like vicious rumors and death angel, you're, you're talking about guys that, you know, are really running on passion man. you know, we love this stuff. I mean, we're, we're also big fans of the music. Right. And, um, mm. so, uh, you know, I think when, uh, I think it's sad when you, when you're such a huge rock fan and you meet someone that you've admired for their music and then they come off and, and uh, in a, a negative way or something. I just mm -hmm. think that's so disappointing. And, um, but I appreciate those comments, man. Again, thank you. Uh, you know, it's just, we love this stuff. We love heavy metal. We love the fans and, and we're fans ourselves, you know? So, um, right on. I guess there's that saying, like, you know, if you love your work, you don't work a day in your life. Right. But in this case, yeah. you work every motherfucking day. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but, uh, but it's okay because we love it. Exactly, man. Well, dude, um, one of the things I, I did see about Celebration Decay, I know we're jumping all over the map here, but um, I did see that you're you're releasing a like a three part mini documentary on the creation of it. I, yeah, what, yeah. What's that about? Uh, it's you know it's just inner, it's not a, it's not super uh, fancy or in super in depth, but it's just we got some clips from the recording. Uh, I got you know, it's a little interview with everybody involved from the musicians in the band to Juan Ortiaga and our, of course our guest bass player, Greg Christian, good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Just, got, just com it's just comments from everybody about what happened and, and about what we did, some of the things we did during the process. And it's just a little insight uh, to what happened to make this record. Um, and that's, Actually, I just turned that in to SPV yesterday. Okay. So that should be coming out uh, very shortly. I think it's in, it's in three parts. It's about six minutes. Each segment's about six okay. minutes, seven minutes, something like that. And, uh, yeah, you know, without touring, we just, uh, you know, wanted to do as much as we can to just stay, stay uh, in front and stay current. Uh, we made a couple great videos already, uh, and there's going to be more news about that coming up on SPV. And, you know, I've been working with SPV now 10 years, man. It's right. been, mm, been yeah. the best relationship I've ever had with a record company. So uh, they've been doing a great job. You know, it, it would have been very easy for them to say, hey, you know, uh, we're not going to put out, you know, the album this year, or, okay. you know, we're not going to do anything, or, or who knows, you know, because it's such a such a volatile time in the world but you know they kept it they kept going with us and it was important for us to get the record out because 
I mean, if, if we're not going to tour, at least we can give, you know, everybody some new music to listen to and kick out some of these videos. And so, yeah, man, uh, the vicious rumors train continues. It's one of those things. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, well, Jeff, obviously the new album is called celebration decay. It is fantastic. If you're a vicious rumors fan, yeah. you just don't even wait. It's October or October. It's August 21st, right? When it comes out. That's right. All right. Awesome. And, and why don't we do this, Jeff, so that we can give people a little taste to encourage them to buy it instead of just lamely listening to it on YouTube or whatever. Why don't you give us a song, um, wh whatever you think would be the best song to tease them with, and we'll play a little bit of it to wrap the interview up. Oh, man, that sounds good, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I just want to say, uh, man, for one, thank you for you guys for keeping metal rolling, and uh, thanks to all the fans for sticking with us all these years. This is a song off the new album, Celebration Decay, called Pulse of the Dead. All right. Nice. Well, not right now. It is Vicious Rumors, and this is Aftershocks. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com for all comments and questions Please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com.